Here we are at Reality Check Chat. I'm back with my partner here. I'm Barbara Scott. And I'm Judy Herschel. And the independent Democratic women of Susquehanna County are our benefactors or whatever. They support Reality Check Chat. And of course, you can go to realitycheckchat.com to get more information and to contact us if you would like to, because we're looking for subscribers. So every podcast, we seem to get a new subscriber. So that's really cool. I'm excited about that. We appreciate you all very much. So today, Judy, uh, even though we talked about that, we were going to talk about gun rights and the prevalence of guns and the shooting of students and having to, you know, from your own children, having to to do these, what do they call them? Shooting. Yeah, the drills to protect them from shooters, which is seems to me so ridiculous when we could like have a few common sense gun laws. But I was reading Charles Blow's piece today in the New York Times, today being December, I don't know, whatever, 6th. And he's talking about a Supreme Court decision from 1896, which said that the Mississippi Constitution, which was put into effect by all white people and one black person, even though Mississippi was predominantly black, the convention that redid their constitution after the Civil War uh, only had one black person on it. And they put in all these voting restrictions like tests and poll taxes. And so essentially took away the right of blacks in Mississippi in that Supreme Court decision. And he was comparing it to the recent arguments about Roe versus Wade to the Supreme Court and where they sound like from their questioning that next summer we will have either a reversal of Roe versus Wade or, I'm sorry, my sister-in-law just texted me. That gives us a surprise. Anyway, what size gloves does John wear? (laughs) Now the cat's out of the bag. The cat's out of the glove. I wear one size fits all. (laughs) Extra, 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 extra large. He does have big hands. (laughs) We both do. I have giant hands. Where was I? I mean, this is really hard. This is really hard. You were talking about the article and uh, you said by next summer. Oh, by next summer. So he's talking about the Supreme Court decision of 1796, which said, so he's comparing it to the Supreme Court's decision this coming out this summer. Probably, we don't know. But the way the questioning went, it sounded like they were inclined to overturn Roe versus Wade or gut it. So like they did Voting Rights Act of 1965, which was gutted and gutting it so that you can't, you're going to find it really difficult to get an abortion. And of course, you know, we want not to have abortions, but we want Second Amendment rights to be like over the top. So he's saying, what rights are they going to go after next? This activist Supreme Court, they won't do anything about gerrymandering. They gutted the Voting Rights Act. This sets a very, very, very dangerous precedent. I think that scares me more than anything, but it does scare me that that it's actually on the table that they could overturn Roe versus Wade. It's, it's actually something that is a reality that could happen that's on the horizon. And, and it could be devastating. NPR had an article on the internet regarding um, all of the data 
recently and in, in, in studies you know, involving all of this. And apparently the countries that used to be very restrictive in their, in their laws, either outlawing or, or making it nearly impossible, are now trending the other way and becoming extremely, I would say, liberal on, on the, the abortion stance and, and allowing you know, basically abortions to now take place with very few abortions on demand. That's, that's amazing. And, and, and it made me think, because you've mentioned this before, Barb, you know, a couple of times is you've lived through times where it was illegal, where women had to get abortions illegally and they risked their lives. And it, it was a horrendous time. A lot of innocent women and you know, families were, were affected by that. And I think, you know, we, we forget so, so soon how a world or a country without having this type of access, how it does affect you, because really all studies and prove me wrong, anyone show that restricting abortions does not lower the incidence of abortions. In fact, right now in 2021, we have a lower instance of, of abortions, fewer <laughs> abortions than we've ever had before in the United States, which, which is amazing. And, and, it, and a lot of that has to do with other things that organizations like Planned Parenthood do by offering contraception, testing, things that are essential to have a, a, a healthy sexual sexual health, which everybody deserves to have for sure. Right. Plus it allows p- women to plan their lives, absolutely plan their families. That's what family planning is and other organizations, just like the one that sued Mississippi over their restrictive law that the Supreme Court heard. Just the fact that they heard it is is scary, but it looks like they they might overturn it. And of course, what does that have to do with me? I'm not going to get pregnant and need an abortion. But as Charles Blow has pointed out, and as I agree with, and I think Judy does too, it's just the start. What else is going to be taken away? The First Amendment right to free speech? I mean, I don't know. what What's what's going to be on the table? And what's on the docket now? You know, it's 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 pretty scary. And because that, is that a trend? Is that the is that the direction we're going in now? This is something that I never thought we would be having a conversation about. Did you, Barb? No. Or the fact that Harrisburg wants to, wanted to you know wants to like essentially have miscarriages as murder, and it's okay for Rittenhouse to go and kill people because he's got a right to his guns and to protect himself from people without guns. But women don't have a right to plan their families or I don't even in the instance of rape and incest, this this woman on I I read another uh, piece in The New York Times from a woman who had been raped repeatedly by her father. I mean, that's, you know, it's so horrible to think about it, but it happened to her Mm -hmm. and she got pregnant. That I don't know, she was incredibly young, like 13 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she said if she had been forced to carry that baby to term mm-hmm. and Coney Barrett or whatever her name is, the Supreme Court, the latest Supreme Court justice says, well, just put the babies up for adoption. I mean, that's I believe it's 93 percent of all abortions are done within the first 12 weeks happen yeah. between that period of time. They don't care about that. No. And unfortunately, many of our neighbors and sometimes our family members have this preconceived idea that women can just walk into an abortion clinic at 39 weeks and say, ah, I changed my mind. We, they honestly believe that we are pro-abortion and, and that could be the first 
furthest thing from the truth. And, and so no conversation has been going either way, but they had these really horrible ideas of what abortion truly is. There was, there was just a really good article. And if you haven't read about it, it was in the New York Times. It was um, pro-choice movement went wrong is what it's entitled. And what it basically explained was the pro-choice movement, according to this article, has been very reactionary instead of being proactive for the last 30 years. And this has allowed the Republican Party to use it as a political ploy to feed misinformation into communities like ours, almost develop a hatred towards anybody that believes that abortion should be a choice. So this article goes on to explain what needs to be done now isn't just, you know, advocating and doing the things we're doing right now is that the, the movement, the Democratic Party, those of us that are involved have to go the extra mile and have to start to do things at a local level, which thank God we're doing what we're doing right now, because this is at a local level, because that hasn't been done. So how we can make this not happen or how we can preserve that is doing is doing just that, but that we haven't, that it's part of all of our responsibilities because they have not been paying attention to it. I saw the article, but I did not read it. So you're, you're recommending it, I guess. They used an example when Texas went ahead and were going to pass that law. They had not planned for that. They had nothing ready. So they sent out a Zoom invite to about 300 people in major organizations, fundraising organizations, the group that they thought needed to come together to come out with this plan of combating what's happening in Texas. Okay. They're not prepared. It's a total disarray, a total mess. They get everybody in the meeting and somebody sneaks in. They start calling the person that is speaking at the meeting, the N word, somebody infiltrated the meeting. So they had to cut the meeting short and they then were able to organize a, I guess, a response to what was happening in Texas as well as they could have. So they use that as the point of that they're very reactionary, we're very organized, that unfortunately we're at a point where, where this is in jeopardy and it is, and I don't want to sound dramatic, but we need to get ourselves together. And the reasons are- It's, too, it's almost too late. I, that's what I'm fearful of. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what I'm thinking. They make the decision that the decision is expected in late June or early July. And then the, the reaction to their decision, if they overturn it, which is expected, that people go to the polls and vote for Democrats. And, and to all the women out there, I just want to put this little, little tidbit in there. There's a lot of women that have had abortions. And, and many of them may be friends and family that have not spoken up and told you. And they may have had a very good reason for them. And that's a decision that they they have made. But there have been millions of women. I, Eric and I um, lost a pregnancy. Uh, our baby at 12 weeks old, you know, in Rome um, at the time had no heartbeat. And I did not miscarry. And I had to have what was called a D&E done. And it's considered an abortion. Now, if there's restrictions or Roe versus Wade is, o- is overturned, I wouldn't have that option to do that. The risk, physical and medical risk that that would put me in and other women in my position, I deserve access to healthcare. That is my healthcare. That is my body to be done safely, quickly. No one should have to wait. It's a destroyed system. So part of this is we do need to educate people. 
you know, how we do that. People ask me because I'm a politician, they've got to ask you the abortion question because I live in a very Republican area and they do. And I, and how I handle it is that I'll say I'm a, I'm a church going woman and it's only personal, you know, many maybe couldn't use what I said, but I, I go to church, you know, I have strong personal beliefs, but as an elected official, I took an oath to abide by the constitution and this is law. I also use certain circumstances or certain stories that women have told me that were very devastating for them. And I'll end it with that you and I don't have the right to sit at that kitchen table to make that decision with that family, you know, and, and these are decisions that we can't make, you know, it it does move it a little bit more forward. I do every single time call them out on, we are not baby killers. We are not pro-abortion. You cannot just walk up to a clinic at nine months you know, pregnant and say, Hey, give me an abortion. Does it work like that? And I'll educate them. Who on would that. want that? That's want that. And I educate them on the process of getting an abortion when it's late term, you need, you need a, to have three doctors sign off on it. I mean, it, it isn't, it doesn't happen all the time. It's, it's such a, but they make and it it's to like save that. the mother's life. I mean, it's, and it's, yeah. And yeah. the dentist that died in Ireland was one of the main reasons that they passed an abortion rights law, you know, allowing abortions, because it was so restrictive, they didn't allow her to get an abortion, and she couldn't get out of the country fast enough, and she died. So that turned the tide for them. But this country doesn't seem to look at things like that. Judy, I want to get back to we were going to be talking about gun laws and how the rights of gun laws, especially with stand your ground, seem to override all other rights. So you have a right to, and the Harrisburg, the legislation passed Mm -hmm. that you have a right to carry a concealed weapon without a permit. And what is the reasoning behind making access to guns to everyone easier? We don't want everyone to have guns. We're moving backwards. (laughs) We're moving backwards. We want people to be... Checked. This is the type of shit that keeps me up at night because I just don't understand it. And I try to remove my personal opinions and just try to understand that perspective. And this is what I've come up with. I don't agree with it, but this is what I come up with is there are a a lot of people that live in the rural area that don't want their government knowing their information. And I think that plays a big, huge part of it. They live in the country because they like their privacy. They don't want anyone telling them what to do. Do they get driver's licenses? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do they register their vehicles? Exactly. It's, it's believe me, it's very hypocritical. Their argument has a thousand holes in it. Totally don't agree with that. But this is the belief of a lot of people. And I think it does stem with that. And when you have the, the, the National Rifle Association and their propaganda that don't give an inch don't give an inch because if you give an inch, they're going to take it all. There are some things that Republicans I've talked to would do, but the establishment, the Republican Party, the NRA that gives money to the Republican Party, whether they admit it or not, they're telling them that if you give them just a little bit, we can't compromise with them. I know. That's why, that's why in 2013, the gun legislation, which to me was not, did not go far enough after Sandy Hook, after the killing of first graders and their teacher and their principal. The Senate actually was sponsored by Toomey and I forget the Democrat, but Toomey was the Republican. I thought it didn't go far enough. 
but evidently it went too far because it was not passed. I forget the the number of senators that how it went, but it wasn't passed. And of course, no legislation has been proposed since then in terms of gun violence, preventing gun violence, because nobody gives a crap. I'm sorry, they don't. I mean, they go, oh, no, more, you know, I, I think it's great that the parents of Ethan, this 15 year old, I don't know why he's being charged for terrorism and and murder and everything when he's 15 as an adult, because he's not an adult. He's a child uh, who was given a gun by his parents. I'm I'm delighted that they're charged because I think they should be charged. I think parents that don't lock if we start charging parents that don't lock up their guns, that don't keep them from minors, if unless they're like a hunting thing or something, but this was you know, a nine millimeter handgun or whatever, especially a troubled one that, you know, draws pictures of killings and is looking online for ammunition in school like the day before. I mean, the whole thing was outrageous. And then, and so I'm delighted that the prosecutor is prosecuting them, Mm -hmm. the parents, and it should be done a lot more, but our gun laws conflict with other laws, like stand your ground laws, like the right, uh, the Second Amendment rights, they're in conflict. And it leaves out, in my view, it leaves out those of us who want gun restriction. And there are a lot of us. And, you, you know, people say you shouldn't use the word restriction. But I mean, that's what we want. We want them to be registered so that you're if you're using a if you have a gun that was used in a crime to kill somebody, you shouldn't have that. You shouldn't be able to have that. We don't want guns in the wrong hands, period. Right. That's it. Period. And they can take restriction, quote unquote, and make it into every scenario possible. But that's what it comes down to. We would like to restrict guns being put in the hands of people that should not have them. Children, <laughs> criminals, husbands and wives that, that beat their spou- spouses. The number of women that are killed by a gun. Of course, if the woman kills the abuser, then she's charged with murder and is in jail. In every excuse that they have to for why these shouldn't be are ridiculous. But most people, when you talk to them, they understand. You know, you know what I want? I want a federal lock up the gun law. <laughs> there yeah. are so many kids that that die a year. What is it? Or between thirteen hundred and fourteen hundred kids a year under the age of eighteen, and it jumps to forty-seven, seventy-five. A lot 40. of that is accidents, mostly yeah. at all are accidents. Yep. Under the yeah. age of twenty-four is almost five thousand. So accidents, accidental shootings is yeah. what what it is. So Governor Wolf said when Harrisburg decided to pass this bill about the ability to conceal your weapon without a permit and other things. He said that the with the homicide rate, this is in Pennsylvania, 11% higher than it was, I guess, pre-pandemic. We need to address gun violence. And I completely agree with him. He said 1,600 victims of gun violence in Pennsylvania each year. Is this what we want? We're okay with this, he's asking. Governor Wolf is saying this. To our legislature, who's doing the opposite of trying to address this murder rate and gun violence, 1,600 victims of gun violence. 
that doesn't count the number that are killed by accident, mostly children that are killed by accident. Absolutely. Let's, it's an let's, irresponsible bill, and we deserve, no we deserve better. But think about that. A person does not have to get a permit to conceal a gun under them. That, that means anybody, anybody, anybody. Not anybody. only that, but it says, the bill says it would allow anyone to sue a city at taxpayer expense for enacting gun safety policies. Yeah, that's in the bill too. Now, why would you want to sue a city for gun safety laws? Hey, let's give away free gun locks and talk about how you should put them away if you have children at your home and somebody like that could get a lawsuit. Exactly. You're kidding me. Yeah. Well, no, the city has a law like that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's right. We should talk about how this all this gun stuff with Rittenhouse and all the Republicans that were, you know, President, ex-President Trump invited him to his home to meet him. He says he's a very nice young man. He's a very nice young killer. No, he said he's a very nice young man. That's right. And this is why we're allowing death threats of so many people, so many politicians. I mean, when we start allowing one congresswoman to threaten another congresswoman i don't it just seems it just seems With, like we've gone down a really bad rabbit hole a really bad rabbit hole isn't even just the fact that the other republicans very few i think there was one or two stood up did it say a word didn't say a word no one stood up and said hey that's that's unprofessional of you that's not they didn't they didn't say a word so you know I'm scared for the direction the Republican Party is going in. I'm, I, I mean, all of this, together, it, yeah. it, it's very scary. And, and we really do need to pay very, very close attention to this. Do, this do you have that recording? You Which had you that recording, the one of the death threat for Elon. Yeah, um, yes. Do you, can you, can you play it on this? Hold on. Give me one second. This is Judy has on her phone, the, the death threat that I'm talking about that uh, Elon Omar was suffered from was called to her office. I mean, it's chilling. And all of these death threats that everybody is getting and Anthony Fauci is, you know, had to his family. I mean, it's just outrageous that, that they have to live in fear of their lives for doing what they feel is right. I agree. Hold on. Give me one second. And it's going to play in one sec. And you can disagree. I mean, with the, with another congresswoman, you don't have to, you know, say these horrible things like all Muslims are bad. You know what? I'll tell you what. You How can we tell our children? How can I tell my children that these are the careers that you look up to when they're they're acting like this? How can we how these are the people that that run our country and they're acting worse than kindergartners? That's how I look at it. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed how on what's going on. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Ilhan Omar is the U.S. representative for the Minnesota's fifth a congressional district. And she is a Muslim. I don't know. She may be the only Muslim at this point in Congress. There certainly aren't very many. There's two. Oh, there are two, Judy says. Okay. So she was attacked by that Colorado Congresswoman Bobart or whatever her name is, Bobart. And, and then she got this death threat that if Judy can find it, or we're not looking. Okay. So then she got this death threat after Omar got the, what was it? I don't know. It wasn't a threat from, from the Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Bobart. She said something about. She said Muslims were bad. Terrorists. 
Yep. She said she wasn't wearing a backpack. So I guess she was going to be okay. Yeah. And so she, she was saying she was, she, she intimated very clearly that Omar was a terrorist because she was Muslim. And, and then, so this is the, Judy's going to play the death threat that Omar got after that. Can't hear it. You can only hear the beeps. All right. So not really. So it was hard to hear, but we'll say that you are a bleeping. Yep. I could probably recite what he said. Okay. It's it's not as it's not as chilling. Okay. So this is what it said, which is absolutely horrifying. Come get it, bitch. You fucking Muslim piece of shit. You jihadist. We know what you are. You're a fucking traitor. You will not live much longer bitch. I can almost guarantee you that. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Scary, but lovely. Yeah. And, <laughs> in and a very sarcastic you know, way. they, they all get these all the time and they're kind of, I don't think they're used to them, but it's not an unusual occurrence. I mean, I don't know if they're always that quite that, mm-hmm. quite that horrible. They have to have security now though. I mean, that's, <sighs> Are we going to get to a point where they all need security all the time, no matter where they go? Then who's going to want to run for office, too? That's That's the thing. Nobody's going to want to run for office and who can blame them. And already people are not running again because of all the stuff that's going on. Not only the threats, but the fact that nobody cares about policy or where they stand. They only care whether they're a a Trump supporter or or not. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the Republicans and and the Democrats, of course, are called all sorts of names. Nobody cares Mm -hmm. about their policies either. I guess that we we don't have a lot of ways to come around to these protect how we can get some how we gun, can, gun laws in. I think we take it one at a time. And I think it starts at a local level, somehow local elections, getting local people involved voting, starting to, to change that dialogue, you know, at a local level and working up. I think that's the only way. Because unfortunately, unless that changes, I think that will only grow. It seems like no one's talking about this issue. What, the guns? Yeah. The Republicans are. That's all they talk about. There are people coming in all the time getting gun permits. More and more and more and more and more. I'm talking about how no one talks about common sense gun laws. Like they used to talk about common sense gun laws that everybody seems to be for. They, nobody, you don't hear about that anymore. And, and Harrisburg, that new law is certainly not common sense. I mean, you can, you, anyone can sue a city at taxpayer expense. If they decide that city decides to make, put in some gun laws. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. Safety laws, not gun laws. Gun safety laws. Sorry, that's the important. Like we said, we're moving, we're moving backwards. We're moving backwards. Okay, let's let's hope everybody has a wonderful holiday. Maybe we'll talk to you before the holiday. I'm not sure. Before we have an anxiety attack, right? We're still we're still <laughs> waiting for right. We're still waiting for Build Back Better to be passed. Maybe we are. We're going to be at least watching. We didn't have a government shutdown. At least we didn't have a government shutdown. You're right. Right. I don't know about the debt limit. That's still up, I guess. Oh, and I've got some very good news that our governor, Mr. Governor Wolf, Mr. Governor um, Tom Wolf has allocated a million dollars towards our new public safety building in Susquehanna County. It was announced today. 
So big news that I just Very got. nice. Very nice. Very nice. Nice to have a Democrat at the helm. Yeah. <laughs> that was it was a bipartisan effort it was but no it's we I, I would like to say that's something I think we're doing a good job at at our, our local level for those of, of you that don't know Barb and I personally we have worked very hard at a at a local level too and I think I think we're making a little bit of a difference I think that's that's key as we move forward and I appreciate you work you work oh, you very do. hard I don't do crap so are we wishing happy holiday or are we thinking maybe yeah. we'll have yeah because we might not have, we may or may not have another podcast before the new well, year. Let's wish a happy holiday. And then maybe we'll squeeze one in as a holiday surprise. <laughs> okay. I'm leaving that in because that's precious. That's, that is precious. Leave that one in. <laughs> thank you. All right. Love you, Judy. Love you too. And thank you for all your, everything you do. You are you too. God, all right. God's talk, you are. Happy talk, holidays, everyone. Talk to you soon. Thanks to, well, we, we should, Amanda, Amanda Cook does our tech stuff. We want to, we want to wish a few special people an extra awesome holiday season. Amanda Cook, who does a little bit of everything, um, does our tech support and uploads everything. And and really we couldn't do this without her. So thank you, Amanda. And I want to thank Kate Fry because she's been doing our ads for us. She's been doing our our Facebook ads for us. She has been, and and we do miss Liz and hopefully she'll be joining us again soon, but thank you. Are you listening, Liz? (laughs) I'm back, Liz. And we want to thank Carl for our Wonderful theme music. Love that harmonica. Yes, we do. All right. A lot of great people in our lives. Lots yeah. to be thankful for. And that's a good way to end it right there. Okay. Bye now. Have a good night, Barb. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.